Have you ever read the Song of Ice and Fire books? No, I've, I've never read any of them, actually. Have you watched Game of Thrones at all or anything? Or no. not really? No. Okay. I'm like, right. I mean, like, again, like, with whatever degree of just from existing in culture, like, familiar with most things about it, I feel. But, yeah, mm-hmm. haven't ever actually, like, read or watched any of it. Okay, well, we can keep this called up and short then. So this is a question that I'm going to pose to the listener instead of you, because you, you only know who one of those people is. But I think the question is, who who is the horniest man who's ever lived? Is it Jar Jar R. Martin or Gene Roddenberry? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about one of the worst episodes of Star Trek we've done for the show. Honestly, one of maybe one of the worst episodes of Star Trek I've ever watched. Star Trek. I mean, maybe not the worst, but but up there. But it had to happen eventually. So, okay, so like, I, I think from a quality of filmmaking and storytelling standpoint, this is the worst one we've done. I, I think morally, there's a couple that I can think of that are worse. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, may, maybe. I mean, we've had a couple of pretty rough Enterprise ones from a, even from like a quality standpoint, I feel like. But like, okay, like, like. So okay, I I think I think still, if you're talking morally, morally, yeah, like the two the, worst episodes we've done are Kirk slaps are the, a woman is pretty Kirk, inexcusable. Kirk slaps a woman, yeah, the the, the Lana Troyes, and then and then the the two days and two nights, or whatever the episode's called from Enterprise, where they're that that one were just like it's super sexist and homophobic and stuff. Like, yeah, but those, also that's just like not a fun episode to watch in any other way either. But like, but this is this is bad though. <laughs> this it's, this is so like everything about this is just. Have we even said what the episode is? I don't think we have yet. So this episode okay. is called Justice. It's season one, episode eight of Star Trek TNG, and and I will say that like we've watched a few other TNG episodes on the show, or a few other season one TNG episodes on the show. We've watched. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, we were talking about this. Part. I think I can the think Big of Goodbye, two, and, and I think the Arsenal Freedom. That might be it. But like. I remember watching it, it both is, of those. It is impressive that TNG managed to survive their first season. <laughs> like that they like kept getting made as a show after after that first season. I said that, I said this week or, or last week or, the, or last time or the time before. Like watch Chaos on the Bridge. It's super fascinating because it just talks about like how how this show almost failed and, and how it kind of came to be what it was. But because it's it, 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 it it's it, like when you learn about how the show is being made, you're like, oh, I understand why it was so bad. Um, <laughs> but like the, those other shows we've watched, though, for for from season one, I've kind of been like, OK, like, you know, like these aren't like great or anything, but like. Yeah, they're still these like, are, these figuring are okay. out what the show is like. It, yeah, it's a kind of like excusable growing pains type of episodes. And also, I like, they, I think that, that they just play better now that you know who the characters are and you kind of, like, like them. So you're like, okay, well, I, I like all these people, so I'll put up with, like, kind of things not being super, you know, put together. And, and then... Tashi are giving a drugs are bad monologue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, there's then three. There's three, because, yeah, there's that one, too. Because there's also Arsenal Freedom, which is, like, the, the one with, like, the, the Star Wars program, basically, that they have to fight. Yeah. Unless that's season two. But anyway... This one is not like that. This one, this one is just, <laughs> this one is just just the pits. This episode is written by so it's so I I, I was I, I sometimes Memory Alpha has 
a ton of information about some about an episode and sometimes it is distressingly little because like i wanted to know what was the reception of this episode when it came out like what like did, do, what do people feel about it now because i can't imagine it's like well liked yeah because there are some where like they it does say that sort of thing like where like they'll even be like you know someone asked jonathan freaks about this and he was just like this was really bad <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like... Or like the last one we said where you said it was, like, Armin Shimmerman's least favorite episode of that he had been in. Yeah, and this one, there's nothing about the viewer reaction to it or, like, you know, sometimes it'll be, like, this episode is listed as, like, one of the best or one of the worst Star Trek episodes of all time by, like, this website or whatever, and there's nothing yeah. about that in the in this one, and I just, but I'm just, like, I, I can't imagine that anyone else feels differently about this, you know, <laughs> like, like... And I think we do get some indication because this this was written, this is credited to two people. It's credited for writing. It's credited to Worley Thorne and Ralph Willis. Worley Thorne is a person who only wrote this episode of TNG. Okay. And kind of had some other credits before this at doing various things like writing for mostly writing, but primarily writing for like Fantasy Island. Oh, interesting. But it's actually, I was looking up his IMDb because I was just like, what else has this guy been doing? And uh, so, like, he wrote an episode of Fantasy Island called The Devil's Triangle, which is about the Burrito Triangle. And then I scrolled a little bit further down, and he also earlier wrote a documentary called The Devil's Triangle about the Burrito Triangle. So the man was obsessed with the Burrito Triangle and liked calling it The Devil's Triangle, I guess. But then also... After this episode, no more writing credits. This is this 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 <laughs> just ended this man's career. Yeah, and so or it's this, like I assume it's a man. I don't actually know. I I believe it, he is a man. I think, but like, and it says like Thorne yeah. on his memory alpha. It says Thorne has spent four years teaching screenwriting courses at Columbia College in Los Angeles. He also served two terms as governor of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. And it's like when he he is currently pursuing a Master of Arts in English Literature. But it's like, when was he teaching this? It's like, he must still be alive. So it's like, my initial reaction is like, did he write this episode so bad that he he stopped? Well, no, but I was saying like, is this episode so bad that that torpedoed his career? Or like, or maybe not? I was just like, what what happened Hmm. to this guy after he wrote this? And then, so that's one indication. And the other indication is that Ralph Willis, not a real person, that is what? a different person. That, that is the kind of like, um, what's like the, that's, that's the Alan Smithy name of John D.F. Black, who was uh, a executive story consultant on the original series and then wrote a couple of things for, for TNG and basically was bounced out of both TUS and TNG because he got really mad that Roddenberry kept on rewriting episodes without without people without people knowing, and basically he had written a, a treatment for this episode that I was reading about in the Memory Alpha that sounds way better than this, and it got totally changed, and so he wanted his name taken off of it, so he wrote his so he, he huh. credited himself as Ralph Willis because he didn't want the John D F Black brand to be <laughs> to be tarnished to be by this besmirched episode of by this episode, oh, yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, someone somewhere must have realized that it was not very good because I'm, I'm just reading I'm reading from Memory Alpha right now. So it says writer J- John D. F. Black used his pseudonym Ralph Willis in the credits because the televised episode bears little resemblance to his original first draft script. In Black's treatment, the colony of Laroff installed punishment zones to fight anarchy. However, the zones are now enforced to abide the law, but only by those who are deemed not immune to them. 
Uh, might not even to a lot. It's kind of a weird sentence, memory alpha, but okay. An Enterprise D security guard, Officer Tenson, protecting two children while on shore leave, happens upon a crime scene and is shot dead by the policeman Silwell, who is also killed by his partner, Oitap, on the spot for misinterpreting his duty. In the first draft, Picard decides not to help the rebels led by Reneg, who fight against the system of council member Trebor. Finally, it turns out the rebels install a similarly totalitarian regime when they gain power. In oh, the wow. Draft, yeah, in the second draft, the rebel leader called Reneg is put on trial and executed for treason. Picard abuses on the topic of people having the right to decide their own justice without interference. Oh, so basically, like, the only thing they kept was... The term punishment zone? There are punishment zones where people are killed when you break the law in those zones. I guess that makes a little more sense because like even I mean, again, like there are lots of problems with the story of this episode in addition to the execution. But like that part, if you think about it for a second, like how they try to explain it makes actually no sense. Yeah, it's is the whole like like this whole like punishment zone thing. Yeah, that like when you when you're just like, wait, what is that? What does that mean? Like, basically, you're saying like, we don't have crimes and like, we don't have a police force. We just have these people that are police and if they happen to see you doing something wrong they will execute you by lethal injection and it's just like so you have a police force and like the punishment zone is just like if you happen to get caught i don't understand how different this is from well well i think what the difference is is because they say it's only in one spot and all it's only in one spot a day and then and then also if you and like no one knows the law there yeah yeah, no one knows where it is, and if you break the law, you're executed. And so they do have some police, but there's not very many of them. There's just it, it seems like there's probably just like those two dudes, like or you know maybe they they probably get like weekends off or something. So maybe there's like four people who just kind of like when someone breaks the law, they're just kind of like their job is to basically have a police stakeout where they're hiding somewhere and watching the zone, and then yeah. and then if someone breaks the law, then they run over and they give them a lethal injection and they die. Yeah. So this episode directed by James L. Conway, who has actually directed several episodes of Star Trek and was uh, I was reading about him, was actually set runner up to direct First Contact after Jonathan Frakes. So he's done some other things that are better than this. Uh, and the, the Memory Alpha synopsis is when Wesley Crusher is condemned to die on an idyllic primitive planet, Captain Picard must face breaking the prime directive to save the boy's life. OK, this now, is my other issue. <laughs> Well, okay, well, yes. <laughs> among so, my other issues with this. So t- say, tell me your tell me your other issue. We tell me, let's let's hear. My it. issue hear is it. like that again. This kind of you know it it presents itself as a like typical like oh no we have to decide whether to like break the prime directive or let one of our crew people die because they've been accused of a crime. So like it would be breaking the prime directive for us to just like beam him out of there. But from my understanding, they broke the prime directive by ever coming here in the first place. By visiting, place. yeah, exactly. Like, this is a, this is a, like, pre, like, from all indications, this is a pre-warp society that, right, like, that is, like, because they, there's a ship in space that they think is God, and, like, when they get beamed up there, they're just like, oh, you must also be God. And, like, my understanding is, like, that is, like, there's a lot of sort of vagary about what the Prime Directive is when you need it to be, but I feel like that's one of, like, the key through points of it is that like you can't just go to a planet that doesn't have space flight yet and be like we are from the sky yeah we can make water yeah (laughs) (laughs) right like the class didn't they like this is a very like didn't they very much break the prime directive just by showing up on this yeah planet that like wasn't ready to be introduced to the concept of like spacefaring yeah. life forms from other planets yet i don't know yeah but- and this this is what you're saying is like one of the many reasons why i do think this is like 
qualitatively the worst episode, the worst made episode we've watched because like it doesn't make any sense. Like nothing about it makes sense. Like the characters don't behave in a in a lot way that's logical. The story is dumb. The story also is not worthy of the amount of time spent on it. Like like the second like half of the episode is just them being like well, am I going to take Wesley away or am I not? Because I can, the whole time I can. And so then in the end, they're just like, I will. Yeah, and then they do. And then that's it. <laughs> then also, like, the this all the sex stuff, which we haven't even talked about, is like, yeah. I am not, I don't, I'm, I don't consider myself a prudish person, but like, I really hate all of that stuff in this, where it's just <laughs> like, the way, the way that it's presented is just such a, like, a weird, it's just so gross to me. <laughs> Where it's just because it, it feels it's like just like it naked is. people lying on the grass, like well, and, and it it does just feel like so. An old man is like, this is titillating, is it not? Like, like that's <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there were yeah, a planet where everyone just had sex with everyone all the time? Like, fabrics that like showed off and wore weird, nipples, but only only <laughs> men saw such nipples, so weird women, like. You know, this is like a planet where just everyone has sex all the time. But like the women still have to wear clothes that cover up their their breasts, you know, like that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Like mostly. Like the the fronts at least. And then like also like the dialogue is terrible. And there's just a bunch of stuff where it's just like there are these really long – this is this is a problem in like I think TNG season one as a whole. But like there are just these long, long like shots of people – who aren't saying anything where they'll like, they'll make a face and then someone else will make a face. And it was just like, why is this, why are you lingering on this person's face for two seconds? Like, what are you doing? Like, like it's just like, you know, again, those other episodes we were talking about, like those episodes are bad, but like they, they're at least like, edited you know like 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 this this is almost this this episode almost like plays like they just when i was a kid i made a movie like a 30 minute movie but i didn't know how to use video editing software so i just like which i shot it yeah i shot it like everything you filmed just sort of like happened in order (laughs) if i if if we screwed up a take i would rewind it and so somebody you can like see like the start of a take that then is immediately taped over like like that's that's what it felt like watching this where it's just like what are you doing (laughs) It just just in a, a truly insane level of incompetence i thought like watching this or i just like i was taking a lot of notes to the beginning and then like by the end i just wasn't taking notes anymore because my my head was in my hands i was just like i can't believe this is a thing <laughs> yeah like and then and then this the like show aired on national television didn't get canceled like like then they made a bunch more of it <laughs> just just kind of staggeringly poorly done in my view yeah, so like like we said at the end of last episode, please don't watch this if you unless you like like take pleasure in bad filmmaking or I think if you do like then do watch it because yeah, it's kind of maybe informative insane but um but yeah I'm 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 going to I'm going to interject um periodically when, oh, when you were do. describing it with like the notes that I did write prior to me yeah and I mean like I think this has been the case before of like some of the worst episodes of television leading to some of our best discussion. But yeah, there's, there's actually a lot to unpack here of like the, some of the choices that they make. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so basically like enterprise was establishing a colony on a nearby planet and found out that this planet is inhabited and decided to send Riker on an away team down there to (laughs) like find out that this planet is, there is a planet that's just like, it's, very green and lush and there's flowing water and there's these like this race of people that are kind of the like classic like idyllic kind of what you would think of like they wear these white 
Chippendale outfits and well, yeah, and like lay around on the grass and like just making love with each other, and that's kind of all they do. Yeah, and and, and we. We find out about this. This is my first note. I just wrote foreshadowing because we find out about this in a scene when when I think Yar Yar and uh, I think it was I think it's Yar and Riker and um, uh, Jordy come back from this away mission and they're <laughs> and uh, like well po- even before that is like what even what? before that we get I, I did there are some funny to me lines of dialogue in here. <laughs> In which there, before that, we get a, a little bit of exchange between. I think it's Picard and Troy are talking to each other, and Picard's like, mm-hmm. you know, we just got a report back. Riker says that the people down there, like, they're humanoid, <laughs> and Troy's re- Troy says, yes, he seems very enthusiastic about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's also though, like he doesn't seem that enthusiastic about it because like this is like the one time when like people are so forward to like. He even, even he seems a little bit put yeah. off, like like by by like their like how how just aggressive like like all right when are we getting down to it when are we going to yeah. start writhing on a duvet <laughs> yeah. you know like in the middle of and the, like their whole uh, like but, question when like Wesley shows up is just like do kids have sex on your world is this okay <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes like and, and he's just like uh, whatever you guys do with kids here and they're like okay I guess not and they just give him like a hug you know but, like yeah. Yeah, like I will I will uh, point out about that the like right like there's there's that scene where they beam down and Wesley's with them and like he's like very like this like kid that's uncomfortable and then the um I don't know her name the the main lady from the planet that has been like hugging everyone and this like there's kind of this moment of just like oh no like she's very like mature and sexy and like young Will Wheaton's uncomfortable I, I did look up their actual ages, and she is closer in age to Will Wheaton than she is to Jonathan Frakes. Um, like okay. he was seventeen at this time, and she was what? she was twenty four, which like still like is not okay. <laughs> but and like Frakes yeah. is her name is R- Rivan, I yeah. think. By the way, and Frakes is that that definitely tracks with Gene Roddenberry's like gross old right. man. And I mean, Frakes is thirty five. I mean, so like, I'm it's not, a, maybe I'm it's still not. It's, it's not like, crazy. Like Frakes is thirty five. She's yeah. twenty four. It's not insane, but. But also, like, not super different from... Uh, in this, in this... Wow, that's crazy. He, he does look way... That. Especially in this first season, when he's clean-shaven. Yeah. yeah, he looks way younger than that. But yeah, apparently he what was a, 35. What a handsome, well-preserved man who, who just loves his life. I, I love Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. You know, pending some reason to show that I shouldn't. But, um, <laughs> I mean, he d- yeah. Uh, he did direct the, a lot of Discovery, but I don't know that you can blame that all on him. <laughs> well, you know, but, like, I'm sure those are well-directed episodes. But uh, the... the um, so, but yeah, this this is all, all right. explained to them all though. Right. Yeah, I'm taking and, away like, from. I, I think I know where you're going with this, but I'll let you do it. Where, where like basically, like Picard is like, so what's going on down there? And I'm like, is there any problems? Or like, no, this is the pro- This is the planet where nothing bad happens ever. What about this? No, no, no. It's all great. It's perfectly good. Like, there's no problems here. Like, and, and then like, so I'm just like, okay, like. <laughs> There's no prop. You can't be like, well, sometimes it rains. <laughs> right. You know, it's just like, nope, it's just perfect. And then, and then, at the, and then at the end, he's like, all right, well, we'll go down there. But I just hope we just let's just hope it's not too good to be true. Right. <laughs> it's just it's so dumb. It's just like so poorly written and like framed. It was just like, who would ever like buy this? Like, who would ever be like, 
oh yes this yeah. is good dramatic foreshadowing yeah. like oh well uh, i'm sure this will be like a full episode of television where they go to this place where it's very nice and nothing bad happens <laughs> but it's not even yeah but it's also it's it's not even like good like it's so cliche either, where it's like it's, it's yeah yeah it's not it's not even like you're like well i know that won't happen it's just like yeah we get it like something bad's going to happen yeah like, it's yeah there's it's, also it's the line that when like Riker and Yard are explaining the planet, that Riker says that like, yeah, you know these people, they'll make love at the drop of a hat. And then Yar says, any hat. And I'm just like, yeah, it's like, what I don't that know mean? what that means. You're saying that like it means something, and it doesn't. I feel, yeah, it's like I, I, she's either saying, I, I, I couldn't decide whether she just whether she's saying that like, like. Even if it's not your hat, they'll still make love because, like, they just they're like. Just I thought, like, for a second, or they tried or to, if like, they were saying, like, imply that Yar is by maybe, but I don't think they were. But, yeah, that's the other thing. I was like, it's like, yeah, it's it's either or it's something where it's like, yeah, like it doesn't like men, women, it doesn't, you know, it's kind of kind of yeah. Like, but it, then it that's not matter, like that doesn't know, play like, out for like any like the rest of the episode is very much just like like they sort of like couple off. Um, well, Yar is talking to I think a man and a woman both at one point. Like with, and they're all drinking like some kind of alcoholic beverage. It seems, Probably. but like, yeah. Other than that, yeah. Like, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very. Just, it's I think very, were, like, they were just like trying yeah. to like extend the idiom and like wrote something that, if you think about it for half a second, just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's it's got real um like in the rest of development. Like when when there's like that guy who who plays the character wrench uh uh and and Lindsay thinks she's very attractive and she says. All right, I'm gonna go see if I can get a wrench to strip my nuts, and they all kind of are like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, I don't know." <laughs> that's that's a similar vibes. Yeah. Um, my other note about this section is, why did Picard send Wesley down there? Like, w- like when, <laughs> when, like the, the the main takeaway is like everything's great, but they d- they they have sex a lot, and then they're like, "All right, Wesley, I need you to go down there and find out what's going on." <laughs> right? Like, well, why? You know who would be perfect for this? The child on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so they go down to this planet, and everyone like like the the scantily clad people run over and give everyone hugs, and then like they send Wesley off to like play with the other kids, and then they go with the adults to talk and drink and presumably other things, and then Bone down yeah. While Wesley is like running and playing with the other kids, they're like just kind of like frolicking and like throwing a ball back and forth, and he like trips over a little like very low piece of fencing and falls into like this mini greenhouse where like flowers are grown so the uh so this is i I actually skipped over a few things here which was fine we can go back but but um the so the this uh, this is this is what i I if you remember a couple weeks ago i was talking about uh, in the last episode that that guy who whose job it appears to be is like spinning a soccer ball around on his arms mm-hmm. um and i was like that's like one of those things in star trek where you're like no one would ever do this for fun in real life and that that was the the the, the impression i got from watching them play with that ball in this where it's like they're not like playing catch really they're just kind of like running around but like, yeah because because it, 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 at one point at the big earlier it seems like what wesley is trying to teach him how to play baseball because he says like i need to we need to find a bat and they're like what's a bat and like, a, like a stick or a branch like oh we can get one from the garden so they go so they they go to like this this garden area but then we don't see them doing that the next time we see them they're just kind of running and like giggling and like just like throwing a ball it's hard to even describe without having seen it but it's not like they're playing catch or, or keep away they're just kind of like yeah, someone like throw the ball and, and they're like, just like you threw the ball and then i caught the ball isn't this fun <laughs> it's 
Yeah, yeah, and it just just kind of like just gently like, like tossing it back are, and forth. Yeah, it's like these kids are fourteen. Like, like, like that's how old Wesley I think is supposed to be at this point. It's like, yeah, no, like what? No, no, nobody's like, like again, this is a small, small complaint, but it's just like one of those things where it's just like, what are they actually even doing? Like, like you could have had him fall into the garden without. Like, like, you know, have them be playing football or something, yeah, like, you know, like, I'm sure, I'm sure football is not allowed to be played in the future, probably, because it's, you know, it's inhumane, right. but like, <laughs> like, you know, right, like, whatever, like, like, one extra line of, of, like, effort of writing, you could, like, establish something that made more sense, yeah. They're playing Ultimate Space Frisbee, yeah, yeah and then he goes into the thing, you know. Yeah, and kind of, like, as this is happening, that is right, uh, yeah, because I guess this is right after you find out in, like, this you have this kind of expositional conversation between Yar and um, and these t- and the the two. I'm I'm not going to look at their names every time. The two alien people. Um, yeah. But that she's like, you have no crime here, and they're like, well, yes. And then because like essentially, kind of what they end up explaining is that in a very like again, like you can see the attempt of like a like Star Trek type of thing of like, what if there was a planet that was like this, and like what would that society be like? Yeah. Of just like if all crimes were like basically if you had capital punishment for absolutely everything like any degree of criminal activity no matter what it was the punishment was the same and you would just be immediately executed and like and so therefore no one commits any crimes at all because they don't want to die um and and then the, and and again and then they do that like weird extra layer of like that there's one pun- like you can do a crime anywhere else but if you do it in the punishment zone, which is just where like our two police officers happen to be watching, then they like jog over and execute you. Um, yeah, it's, but a, are very it's, it's almost like a, it. it's like a reverse. Um, what's the episode called uh, from from TN, from original series where, where they have like the purge, like the red hour, like oh, it's like yeah. a reverse of that, where it's like basically. The whole planet is like the purge. It's like a purge planet. Right, but there's one the place time, that you except don't for know one secret is, spot. Like, yeah. You might actually be yeah. accountable for your actions. And apparently that's yeah. an effective enough deterrent that no one does anything wrong ever. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because like also it's like it doesn't seem like, you know, because they do try to execute Wesley later. And it's not like it seems like Wesley could pretty easily get away if he wanted. You know, it's like so everyone also is in addition yeah. to or like, like lie and like presumably they were just like, but like he's like. Yes, I, I confess I did do it. And they're like, well, you confessed, so now we have to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And so then the, so that, then the other like extra layer that they decide to throw on here is that. Well, wait, before, before we talk about that, <laughs> yeah. I, just want, I just wanted to say with, with this scene with, with Yar, like this scene ends basically by. Oh, yeah. By Yar being. Right. By, by, so as by, soon by like, as them they being like, out. so, so uh. they, where they're like, you know, they're like, oh, we, we kill anyone who disobeys. And she's like, any law? Even something like. Keep off the grass. Right. Just like, to pick something well, out by how random. Did you, how did you? How did you guess that? Like, how did right. you? Like, what? And then her next, the so next thing she says is like, to... "We have to find Wesley." Yeah, which is like, I guess reasonable, you know, like, but like, all, but I just, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, like it's it just, it's just so poorly done. But uh, um, so yeah, go. Sorry, say what you're gonna say. I didn't want, I didn't want to let that pass. That she basically just guesses what he's going to get executed for. Yeah. Uh, cold um and then so so the other what's going on up on the ship is that they there's essentially like not really cloaked but this like sort of weirdly trans-dimensional ship that's up orbiting this planet 
that the Enterprise yeah. finds out that like they say is like kind of like between dimensions and so like isn't fully here. That is sort of this like advanced alien race that kind of watches over this planet and the people of the planet like worship them as a god because it's this ship that's like up in space and sometimes they see it and sometimes it like impacts their world. And and so then kind of when this they're faced with like Picard is faced with this moral dilemma of like, you know, I like Wesley will be executed if we don't just like take him out of there. But like also the prime directive and like, you know, we want to be like noble, incredible of these people and don't want to just like like it would violate the prime directive if we just came down and like did whatever we want and broke their laws and then left without consequences because we were more powerful with them. But then also, like, there's this other ship that's more powerful than the Enterprise that they're worried, like, oh, well, like, if we do something wrong, then, like, this ship will attack us or will attack, like, our nearby colony that we just placed. And so, like, that's another reason why they're, like, kind of unsure of, like, whether they, like, it's it's not as easy as just, like, beaming Wesley out of there and leaving. Yeah. And then... Uh, this is, this is, this is another, like thing of where it's like the way that they talk about the prime directive makes no sense in this episode because you're right like you're right that like them going there is the biggest violation of the prime directive but then they're so concerned about whether or not like letting wesley die or not will be part of the prime directive but then at a drop of a hat like picard's like look I, i need you to come up i need one of the people from this planet to come up to our spaceship yeah and look at this other spaceship and tell us if it's got the other spaceship and tell us yeah, and it's like, well, isn't that a violation of the Prime Directive? Like, like so many levels of, yeah. Yeah, like, which which is it? Like Again, because <laughs> the way that, like, she plays that, like, you get the impression that, like, it's not, like, this is someone that has n- never been familiar with the concept of a spaceship before. Um, and it's like, we get it, Picard. Like, we know you don't like Wesley very much at this point <laughs> in the show, but, like, this still seems like a, you know, I don't I don't think her, his mom is going to buy, like, well, I couldn't do it because of the Prime Directive, you know? Right. Uh, he's really trying to sell it though like is there some yeah. way i can leave wesley here <laughs> how how much of a moral quandary can i pr- make this be um yeah and yeah and so then they just kind of like d- just talk like they just kind of keep restating the problem to each other a few times and then eventually picard is just like like this is the problem and like this is like why it's difficult for me and on that note, I'm going to take Wesley and leave now. And then he does, and then that's the end of the episode. Right. And I will say this is like a, a one – there's a, a couple of – like two things about this episode that I was like, I kind of like that. And one of them was that the whole time that he's doing this, Crusher is not having any of it. She's just kind of like, no. Yeah, like, she's this just is like, dumb. you're going to get my son back. I want like, – you're get my son back. Why, and, why are you wasting time? And I think this this is not the first time I think we've watched an episode where Picard is like, well, but the prime directive, though. And then and then she's like, yeah, but but the right thing, though, you know, yeah. and so I do appreciate with when when they get. But also, I, but yeah, and I do appreciate that, like, she's also not being like super like dramatic about it. Like, because, yeah. you know, I feel like there's sometimes where like Crusher as like the voice of the one doing the right thing gets really like emotional and like worked up and like, you can't do this. And like, she's very like measured in this one. She's just like, you're going to get my son back, right? <laughs> like, you have to get my son back. Like there is, she's just not prepared for any sort of, like, she yeah. will not harbor any like disagreement or debate on this point. Yeah. And then I'd say the one other thing I liked, because because you, you mentioned a little bit you know, this is like at the end, he just goes back and goes back and get him, which is like, you know, I wish that they had just like done that in a scene instead of taking like the second half of the episode to do it. But like they're actually stopped for a second from going by the 
the the spaceship. The spaceship doesn't want them to leave. Like, and they he Picard basically yells up at the spaceship. <laughs> that's, that's not even the base. He does like he yeah, just he's, yells he's up standing at, like down at on the, the sky. Planet, just kind of, yeah, hollers yeah. at the sky. And he's basically like, "Justice is." It says, it says something along the lines of like, it's probably in the episode description. You look, but it's like uh, there can be no justice as long as laws are absolute. Yeah, um, and and. I think, like, if there's any kind of interesting thing to take out of the episode, it's that. Because, like, I think it's – that that one, it's it's very, like, he over the head. I think the, the, the one time maybe that this episode shows, like, a shred of subtlety is when the two nipple cops jog over to the <laughs> – to, to Wesley and and he's like, well, I didn't mean to go in there and also, like, I didn't – no, it was against the rules or whatever. And the what the cops keep on saying is it's very sad. It's very sad, you know, like that you that the hap- you know, they're just kind of like, yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, like it's like we, we don't want to have to do this. This is a, a shame, but like is necessary. Yeah. For- it's too bad that you got gro- you got you're being ground up in the gears of like our stupid stupid system of government. Like, but right. you, but that's just the way it is. Like that we we don't we you know like we're not. But the thing is, like, I feel like you could make an interesting episode about that, about the whole, like, like, but there's no, like, debate about that point or, like, even all the stuff, like, Picard is just sort of talking about, like, the prime directive and, like, this god up in space the whole time instead of, like, I feel like you could, like, have him, like, really have, like, some debate back and forth with someone from the society being, like, you know, they're ha- like he until he says this thing at the end. Like that's not been a point he's been trying to make this whole time. Of like that, like laws have to have a degree of like you have to take the like specific circumstances into account, and you know, like some degree of like relativity or of uh, exception or kind of understanding things. You can't just like have like a straight absolute like every breaking of the rules results mm-hmm. in death, and that's all. And then have like. You know, some person on the other side be like, but if, like, we allow one exception, then, like, all of our society will crumble because, like, then people will keep finding loopholes and stuff like that. And, like, you know, I feel like you could have an interesting, like, debate back and forth and, like, make the episode about that. But I feel like that's not what this episode spent most of its time being about. I'm not, like, defending it at all. I guess I was just saying, like, what, what, in, like, kind of there, the, the way that those cops are kind of like, oh, yeah, well, too bad. Like, I wish we could do something about this. Yeah. This system of government that we're that we're perpetrating on you right now like there some there was something there where i was like yeah i think that may be a little bit of you like trying to read something between the lines that may have not been made for you but well but then at the end he does say like you know justice you know if justice is absolute there can't be justice and so like it feels like somewhere someone realized that that was a thing and but like yeah you know I, i agree it's like there was like that, that that was like the one thing that was kind of like oh that's kind of interesting and then like they don't do anything with it at all you know um yeah. but that yeah like just for like a moment i i also i also uh i i one other thing i wrote about that scene it just is that like <laughs> they should put the other little boy to death like the the, the kid that threw that, the ball <laughs> yeah the kid that threw the ball into the garden it's like it's like are you only not allowed to go into the garden like what if you throw a ball into the garden and it's like that little boy also like he he knows the rules. You should never throw a ball near one of those plant garden things. You know, yeah. like it seems like he's more to, and he actually even kind of cops to it. Like that he is more his fault than it is Wesley's fault. Uh, you know, not to defend Wesley because I don't generally like him very much, but like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it just really, it was just so stupid. 
guys. Like, it, if you didn't yeah. watch it, it's just, it's really stupid. It's not, it's um, not well-made television. Uh, and, like, and, like, I'm looking at my other notes that we didn't say, like, the music's really bad, too. Like, the music is so, like, hand-holdy, like, now you should be feeling sad, now you should be feeling happy. And it's just, like, it's, like, so overpowering. Um, also, like, this is a, a little, just a weird little thing where, like, Kim and I both noticed this immediately, that, like, when the when the ship appears, like when like the other ship appears and on their view screen, the ship goes to red alert without anyone telling it to. Oh really? Like the, the Enterprise does. Like it just like like the red lights start blinking and, and like the, it starts like, going like the brr, 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 and like no one said for it to do that. It's like, is that just protocol that if you just see a ship appear in front of you, you're like, oh, red alert, I guess. You know, like <laughs> that, that was like an automatic thing. They, they it's like it's like how when you like drive new cars, like they have like. They have like those notifications that you're like driving too close to like the uh, the lane, yeah. Like the the lane markers, and then you have to like turn that off. You yeah. know, <laughs> like the it's like the the Enterprise is still operating on factory specs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what it, what else did you have? Any other uh, any other things? You said you had a lot of notes. Yeah, I think that we we kind of went over most of it. I I did get a, have a couple of just like lines of dialogue that made me chuckle a little bit again, either because they were good or they were bad. Like, um, I mean, I, I get kind of the classic one is when when they first beam down, like the, the ladies hugging everybody there's, she hugs uh wharf and he just looks over at Riker and he's like, nice planet. Wharf, I think is doing his best in this episode. I think I, I, I think Michael Doran is always doing his best and like, he doesn't always get very much to do with his best, but he's, he's always given it. Yeah. Uh, that scene, that scene where they're hugging them. Like that's just one of, that's one of the examples I mean of like just how weird this episode is shot and edited where it's like, that scene goes on for 10,000 years, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, true. like, like, there's this, like, every, they hug every person, like, the hug goes on forever. You see all of it. Like, like, it seems sometimes like they're whispering something in the other person's ear or they're kissing their neck or something. Yeah. It, it just, like, it's, and, and yeah, and I, I really don't think we have, like, driven home, like, just how everyone, everyone on this planet is just wearing, like, these, just, like, you can't, I can't, you can't even describe them. I feel like it's impossible to, well, I, I think they are very. This this is one reason why I do blame Roddenberry for this because they do strike me as like very similar to like some of the costumes that the women wear in yeah um, in the original series. Uh, although it's it's more though I don't think I can't really think of an example of that the men wearing stuff like this that they're like they're wearing in this. But like they're just these weird kind of like geometric shapes that leave very little of the imagination, which again, I'm not like trying to be a prude. It, 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 it just, it, the reason why is it, is it just, it just seems like the show is kind of like nudging you the whole time being like, well, what do you think of this? Sexy. Huh? Yeah. Like, like it just seems like, like right out of frame, there's like an old man licking his lips like the whole <laughs> time. Like you, and you see all these like bulges. Cause like it's yeah. clearly people, no one's, no one's wearing underwear like of, of either, you know, either gender, like, uh, at one point, you do see. I can't. I. I guess other than you see. I guess you do see full Klingon breast in in Discovery. Yeah. But other than that, I like like there there is. I can't. I can't remember another time where you see there is just like straight on like side boob in this. Like what you 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 kind of like Riker walks like walk, walks by a top plus woman who's kind of like you can. It's all hanging out. Which again, like whatever. Like I'm not. I'm not saying that like no Star Trek should have nudity or anything like that but it's just like it just it's such like this the way it's done is it's just like yeah they know they do it's done with all just like this such this like leer like this leer of like a guy who you know went to like a bunch of swinger parties in the 70s and 
to hit on women who weren't maybe a hundred percent comfortable with his vibe. I, I don't know. It just has like this really seedy, yeah. like uh, yeah. approach to it. Also, at one point, um, <laughs> it was kind of one, one thing that was kind of funny. I don't, I don't, I do not think this was an intentional parallel, but like uh, I think Yar is at one point talking about this place and says that it's like Eden. And my wife was watching it with me, and she said, "Is it?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, you know what? In in the Garden of Eden, like." The first time anyone screws up, they do get they do get condemned to death for like, like breaking the one uh, rule. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think so, that probably was so unintentional, maybe, but but yeah, yeah. Or maybe, maybe not. not. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're not giving them enough credit. But like, yeah, that we <laughs> it is it is like Eden in a way, I guess. Um, but although the, in in Eden they were they were actually for real nude. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure that was that was an idea that was floated for this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah, one definitely does get the idea that like if he if if he could have put Star Trek on HBO, Roddenberry would have been there would have been a lot of new. There would have been kind of all yeah, of Speaking place. of George R. R. Martin, like there would have been Game of Thrones rivaling nudity. I would I would have to assume. <laughs> but, uh, uh, all right, any anything else? I think I've I've kind of uh, yeah. That's I guess the only the the other again like the one thing you can say for TNG like I feel like there are performers who always do their best. And I think Brent Spiner is another one of those of like, yeah. he was doing his best in this episode too. Cause his, his whole thing is he data gets like sort of briefly like taken over by these, the aliens on this other ship and they kind of like download a bunch of information from him. Mm-hmm. And then he is kind of like serves as exposition from that point on. But there's, there's a point where he was sort of like knocked out by it for a while. And then the next scene, Picard is talking to like, dr crusher or somebody and he's like asking like if data can talk yet and the response is he's insisting on it um <laughs> just a very yeah yeah and i think that is kind of the one sort of redeeming thing with tng is that like the first season is retroactively made slightly better by the later seasons that like once you know and love these characters you're a little bit more sympathetic i feel like or you're just at least more willing to like all right, fine. I'll follow you and go, go, go ahead and go do this yeah. thing. And I guess I'll watch it, you know, but like, you know, like I white, like Worf. I like data. I like Riker. Um, yeah. I don't like this episode. No, but anyway, that's, that's, that's justice. That's, I, I, I would argue the worst made episode we've, we've yet discussed, but, and honestly, I, I, I can't imagine like the next time we'll, that'll even be rivaled. Like I, there aren't, like, I'm a little the only other thing that I'm like can think of that again I haven't seen in forever so I can't say for sure but the other like sort of kind of like famously bad TNG episode that I can think of is the one where there is Code like the planet of Africans. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that's that's Code of Honor. That, that's the that's the one. And again like that but that's another one where I'm like I I I'm sure that will be a moral failing. And I'm cu- I'm curious to see whether it will be in also like, like total failure in like production. Writing like, again, I'm not trying writing. to argue this is like worse than the one the, than like the one where the moral of the it's just basically like <laughs> women <laughs> like which is you know yeah like that. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I I but but then again like Code of Honor in addition to being quite racist might also I mean it's the thing is it's from could very also much be as the bad because it's made from the same time period yeah it's it actually might be the episode like right before or after this uh, honestly me, yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm quick check and see. Um, let's see. Code of Honor. No, Code of Honor is episode... F- uh, it's the second episode after yeah. the pilot. 
of TNG. So it's it's like a few before this one. But uh, yeah, maybe yeah. When Code of Honor, I can see that one being uh, as bad. I, I, I think yeah. If we get to the, I mean, the Naked Now is not get, great either. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of not very good episodes in, in season one of TNG. I can I can think of a couple of DS9 episodes too that that I think could I think could approach this, but I don't. I don't think that like are they still think they have like a, a higher baseline of quality than this episode. But anyhow, well, thank you everybody for listening. I think next time we 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 meet to discuss, we'll be in a little bit of higher spirits because the next episode we're going to be talking about in two weeks is uh, TNG season five episode twenty six, Times Arrow Part One, which I remember quite fondly. And so you can come back in a couple weeks to check that out. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com, or you can listen to us on YouTube at uh, Out of Contracts. Uh, contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also listen to the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast, uh, Wizard Studies, which is a... Harry Potter podcast, and that's not how science works. It's a science and pop culture podcast. So check all of those out, and we will see you later. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone.